Welcome to the After Dark Podcast, the podcast in which Anthony leads his unknowing friend Conrad by the hand through TV shows. Will Conrad like them? Will Conrad hate them? Will Conrad predict what's going to happen, or will he be lost in the dark? Find out now, only on the After Dark Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the After Dark Podcast. I'm Anthony, and that's Conrad. Hello! How are you, Conrad? I'm pretty good, thank you. I've just eaten a delicious chili and had a mug of coffee, and I'm re- and it's and to give the, the listeners a peek behind the curtain, it's Friday once again for our recording session this week. So I've got that Friday feeling. It went well last week, actually. We thought we'd do it again. Why yep. not? Uh, so, Conrad, uh, question: In your chili, what type of beans do you put in? Uh, kidney beans. Just kidney beans? Yeah, just kidney. I'm a simple man. Interesting. Turkey mints, kidney beans, chili peppers. Some tomato puree, chopped tomatoes, gravy granules, garlic. Gravy onion. granules? Yeah, thicken it up a little bit. You're not a stock man. Oh, I put uh, stock in it as well. You put stock in it with some water to, to expand it, but then you've got to put some gravy granules in there to thicken it more into more of a stew. Oh, I actually I actually made a, uh, a chili the other day too. I Did put you? in chickpeas and pinto beans as well as the red I, kidney beans. I have like an ideological, ethical block with putting white beans in red food <laughs> like i can't i can't do it really yeah like that's, if i'm making like if i'm making like a curry or something like a like a korma like that's like that's a yellow slash you know light oh, butter beans yeah lovely like butter beans or chickpeas sure stick them in there but in, in a red in a red food like a curry get them out of there it has to be a dark bean to go in there fair enough I just, okay i'll let you know you know what else i put in my chili because um we we try to do very low carb now we did have rice with the chili the other day but we try to do very low carb but the thing is when we do have cauliflower, cauliflower rice with our chili, and because we don't also have, we don't put the beans in because they have a little higher carb value as well. So we replace the beans with a spicy chorizo sausage. Oh. Now, let me tell you, the other day we committed to the rice and we committed to the beans, but I went, you know what? Let's put a bit of sausage in there too. And oh. the chorizo went in and it was the best chili I've ever made. I bet that went down an absolute treat. Hello and welcome oh. to Bean and Sausage Talk here on the After Dark <laughs> Podcast. This is what Frank we're going to talk beans. about now. Yeah, you know, like uh, something about Mary. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, right, guys. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well, The Culture Cave at YouTube. If you're an audio listener, we do have a lot extra, a lot of more stuff over there. So if you want to pop over to the YouTube channel, give it a check out. Why not? We also have another podcast, the best movie podcast ever. You can find that on all the podcasting apps as well, as well as on the YouTube channel. And apart from that, Discord link in the description if you want to talk about Dark or the OA or movies. Lots of chat in there. It's really, really, really good fun. Um, if you want to get a t-shirt, link in the description as well. I am wearing my t-shirt today. It's just underneath a jumper. Um, I bought this jumper for £4. This is my COVID jumper. When I went to work, I wore it every single day to, day to school while I was going to school during COVID. And it's four quid. It's coming apart. I thought I'd give it an outing on the, on the podcast. Why yeah, not? Dress your best. A little, Dress a little kind of retirement outing. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I'll, I'll have this jumper for the next six years. Um, <laughs> there's pictures. I, the, you know how Facebook gives you memories? Yes. Yeah. Right. So there was one year that on my Facebook it gave me a memory, right? And and every day on that year for the last like four years, when that memory was given to me, I was wearing the same jumper. Like a green, <laughs> that's great. Do you remember my do you remember my green, white, and black stripy one? Yes. Uh, I was wearing that that one every photo for four years in my memories you're like um you're like albert einstein who i, I believe apocryphally uh, always had like wore the same clothes because he didn't want to devote like mental energy to figuring out what clothes he was going to wear on a given day so you're in good company him and dr ian malcolm out of jurassic park well i i i, I think that's probably a good way to go um yeah. okay so and also my, my wife and i we have a rule if we get one wear out of it for every pound we spend on it then that's worth the money yeah um so I've worn this at least three hundred times now. So it's worth four. It was four quid. Well, well, you're making money good, good, at that point. Good money spent. Good money spent. Right, guys, like the video. Do you want to get into the episode, Conrad? <laughs> let's do it. Oh, let's break it down. Episode seven of season one of the OA opens with Prairie having a nightmare. Very dark esque, actually. Um, mm. so, so Prairie's having a nightmare. I don't want to just detail what's in the nightmare. Do you want to do that? Um, well, uh, so it's kind of hard to make out most mm. of it. You see, kind of someone walking away, and obviously. Did you getting... pause? No, I didn't pause. I, I, I don't like um, as as we learned in our previous season. I don't like or previous series. I should say, I don't like um, 
pausing to analyze stuff i like to try and sort of consume it as the creator meant for Mm -hmm. me to consume it um for the most part that's not always true but for the most part but i saw i saw like someone getting shot like a gun being fired i saw um you know someone walking away in what looks like quite a a brightly lit room with maybe glass walls like an atrium kind of looking thing um so i saw all of that um that's mainly the things that stood out to me really the thing that jumped out to me here was um was abe coming in strapped with his nine ready big to abe. ready <laughs> big abe ready ready to ready to put put someone down um <laughs> I did not didn't see that coming. I did. Abe never struck struck me as the kind to 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 have a have a heater, but uh, but here he is. <laughs> well, that's Abe. That's big Abe for you. Yeah, big um, Abe. I also do notice as well that in the box it was already loaded. So oh, maybe yeah. maybe I'm sure he had the safety on, but it was in the box loaded under the bed or whatever. Uh, so. Jeez. I'm sure that goes against gun safety rules, like keeping a gun loaded. But well, what do I know? Um, yeah. What one thing I will say actually before we get too uh, too far into this episode is I wanted to give myself some brownie points for for spotting that this episode is called Empire of Light, uh, which is a René Magritte play, uh, painting, um, which is um, like this kind of um, it is a street lamp on like illuminating kind of a dark residential street, um, but you can see like the skyline and it's like bright blue with like um, um, kind of like white fluffy clouds and it's this quite unsettling picture because it's like your brain doesn't understand why the street is dark and illuminated by the single street light while it's clearly daytime in the sky which I feel like is possibly capturing a sense of um, of what we're seeing in this episode which we'll get more into in a little bit yes exactly and I that rings a bell that that painting but I, I can't fully picture it in my mind you know what I mean uh but anyway, she was, so she was having this dream. Uh, now we mm. know from in the past she's talked to her counselor, uh, and we aren't gonna, we aren't going to look up that character's name. We'll look him up in second in the second season. Uh, yeah, Ahmed. Yeah, Riz Ahmed uh, will always be. He's uh, he's that's who he is. He's typecast as himself. But uh, basically, um, she's talking to him in the last episode about like the premonition. I think she used the word premonitions actually uh, yeah. that she had when she was younger, um, and uh, so. Do you view this as that? Do you think this is going to, going to be something that comes to pass? Yeah, I think so. I think it's happening. That, that basically, there weren't that many theories that came out of this episode for me. In fact, there was like literally one, I guess. But I, I think this has got to happen next episode. Um, really, I, I think it's it would be odd for it to carry over into the next season and for them to rely on people to remember it. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like it must happen next episode. And I found it really interesting, actually, the way Riz Ahmed's character kind of recontextualizes these premonitions that prairie has been having since she was a little girl as not so much you know this paranormal ability as Mm -hmm. being incredibly like absorbent of different stimuli around you you know you're like your body is kind of able to understand that these things are like the the, these external stimuli kind of happening and be like this you know my dad is stressed because and i picked up this conversation about the Russian mafia Trump coming to get him or whatever so I'm kind of like in my head I'm like processing this into a traumatic event that might happen and and that sounds I don't know how much science that's based in but that does actually sound reasonably plausible as like a as a a way of examining um Mm -hmm. you know the 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 phenomena of premonition um and Prairie seems to buy into it to a certain extent as well okay uh cool uh so Abel actually puts the gun down um And has a sip down with her and has a chat. Mm. And um, Prairie says about leaving the note. Um, mm. And Abel says, I forgot about the note. Um, later on now, we'll bring this in as well uh, to the... the it, it, A bit later on, Abel actually asks Nancy about it as well. So if we want to talk about that here as well, we can, when they're in the waiting room for the council here. Yeah, so I think... Um so uh, broadly speaking I, I, I quite liked the way um, Abe and Nancy are brought back into this episode because um, is it Abe or Abel I keep calling it's him Abel it's Abel I was saying it big Abe. Abe just because of the gun yeah you, you've spoiled me now like, he's just going to be Abe for the, re- for the rest of the, <laughs> of the, of the show now um it's interesting the, the way they're kind of framed in this episode is very much as outsiders who don't understand what is going on with Prairie and, and to a certain extent throughout the entire show but it's particularly striking here because we haven't seen them really for like two episodes at this point yeah um, and I feel like that's really reaffirmed by them kind of trying to talk to Riz Ahmed's character later on about you know what's going on in Prairie's mm. head and this idea of the note where 
the impression I got from it is that Abel lies when he says he forgot about it and he actually never knew about it. And then obviously mm-hmm. he asked Nancy about it later and she says no, which I think might be a lie. I think Nancy might be lying. Okay. Um, yeah, there's definitely something going on there. The relationship between Prairie and, and, and um, Abel and Nancy in this episode is multi-layered and there's a lot of work yeah. put into that relationship, uh, which we'll yeah. t- touch on as we move through. Uh, so... Then she goes to the counsellor. Yeah. Um, there's a lovely shot from above of the tables. Yeah. It's sort of a mirror. The, 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 the kind of like dolly down um, is a, is a yeah. great shot. And it's like this this dissolve as well um, from, um, yeah, this, the, the front facing shot of Hap dissolves into this top down dolly of um, Prairie and, um, and Riz Ahmed's character talking. It's a great shot. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really lovely. Um, so they're having a chat. She's telling about the premonition. You're saying you're you're right when he recontextualizes is it it for her. Um, now, it's interesting that uh, there's a part in it which I found interesting as well as the whole recontextualizing. Before he did that, she said, um, you know, it's a premonition or it's like I'm trying to prepare myself for the mission. And Riz Ahmed just goes, could be, could be. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love the way Prairie says the mission as well. Like it's just yeah. The way she delivers the line, it really sounds like um, when you're talking to like a kid who's been speaking for a couple of years but doesn't fully grasp the right words to use in certain sim- uh, situations. So, you know, she might as well use the word quest there because it's just like, okay, this feels this feels yeah. like a, a slightly overblown word for what you're describing. But I guess in her <laughs> mind, it is a mission of sorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to just go to, go to a quest. Go to the Manticore's Tavern. Yeah. Uh, and start a quest. Uh, okay, so um, basically, was there anything else you wanted to mention in terms of that little uh, the counselling session before we move out into the hallway? Um, no, that was mainly it. Just the just the the premonition stuff. Yeah, cool. Okay, so um, Abel and Nancy are sitting there in the waiting room now. Nancy doesn't usually come along as we know she wanted to go back to work. Mm. So Abel says, "I usually leave her." Um, leave her outside and she walks in herself and Nancy's like what are you talking about like this is mental um and then uh out comes Riz Ahmed and uh, to be honest with you in this scene I was really really impressed with him yeah uh he, he came across really impressive and really loyal to his uh client yeah yeah like someone who's good at his job like he's sort of like i'm not gonna discuss prairie like she's a person in the, like who's not standing right next to me with you you know she, the, the, mm-hmm. if, if there's going to be a diet and like break, breach the confidence of the conversations that he's having with her like if there's going to be dialogue it's going to be between all of them um yeah. and, yeah, and then suggest yeah. that they do something together which is nice that yeah that was nice and i but i will say it's a little bit more um, detailed than that, I believe. Like the, whenever sh- uh, Nancy asked him about about the the dream from the previous night, he could have just said, "I can't talk about this." But mm. in order to show Prairie that he's loyal to her, like he, it's almost like he wants her to know and keep that trust there. It's almost like that he doesn't even want her her to think of him as a counselor. So yeah. he actually so he actually says, "No, I don't know about that." He just li- he lies. Yeah, that is a good point. Actually, yeah, yeah. he does he does lie. Um... But yeah, I I I have really enjoyed the characterization of his character here. I thought it, it felt very felt very believable to me. Yeah, he's really soft spoken. The performance, the way he's doing it, is really great. So yeah. he's doing he's doing such a good job. We should probably learn the character's name. I refuse. I refuse yeah. to do it. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's, it's all Riz. It's all Riz. I don't think it's actually been said at any point though. Is the thing I don't think he's introduced himself or not not in in dialogue. It's one of those things that. In order to know his name, we need to look it up, or or, or look at it for in the credits, or yeah, you know, like, I'm sure credit? I'm sure we missed it. I'm sure it was there once, but yeah. you know, and to be honest with you, maybe I know his name, and maybe I'm just doing it for the jokes. But we're not going to say his name because nope. <laughs> it's Riz Ahmed. <laughs> yeah, it's Riz Ahmed, the excellent excellent character <laughs> actor slash leading man who was in Dead Set. And yeah, at, other, and other things. At the end of the scene, actually, he calls her OA as well. Did you notice? Oh, I didn't notice him calling her away. Yeah, That's he said, he says, like "I'll see you tomorrow." Like yeah, he says, "See you tomorrow, away." Yeah, he's completely indulging her, completely opening up to her, so that she'll, you know, open up to him. It's really interesting. Really interesting. Not the only person to call her away in front of her parents uh, this episode either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, which I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, yeah. Okay, so Steve does his best to um, oh, get in with the, the girl scene. with the baby nose. 
I think they said her name was Katie, but I'm not. I, again, I, I can't remember. I think 100%. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Steve, I, I don't want to. This is another one of those scenes where I'm like, God damn it, Steve, don't make me like you. Um, where, when when she's like talking about getting into like video editing and and like software and how she's gonna make lots of money doing it. And Steve's like, yeah, I think the same thing about parkour, you know, stunts and shit. And he's and he just clearly given no thought to it whatsoever. And he's just like saying the first thing that comes to mind. Made me burst out laughing when he said stunts and shit. Yeah, yeah. Just like, Steve does not have any sense of like looking ahead to anything. Um, and then, yeah, Steve demonstrates once again that he has a completely one track mind. Yeah, yeah. Gives her a wee kiss and then says, I like your laugh. She says, if I if I laugh again because that was so corny, will you give me another kiss? Uh, a nice little moment. Nice little moment. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah. The next sort of five ten minutes of this episode is very much building up to what happens with Steve in the middle part of this episode. Yeah. Like we get Steve sort of starting palling so, around. Yeah, starting to go in with a you know get in with a girl. We see yep. him sort of leading the uh, session in terms of learning the movements. We see him and, and the joking bit, around that he's got a girlfriend and like, everyone's joking around, poking at fun at him. He he comes home. Uh, he gets told you know you punch this kid in the throat. I'm skipping over a lot. We'll talk about each bit at a time. But I'm trying to build up something here that Steve this this part of the episode very much like if you if you were able to read the show at all, you're like. Well, we all know what's happened to Steve because they're given a lot of effort <laughs> yeah, yeah. to show that he's changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Steve's killing a man at the end of this episode <laughs> based on how this is going. Um, well, he almost yeah, did. Yeah, well, he tried. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's um, it's nice though. I, I, it's it's a believable. So talking specifically about um, where the where we go immediately after he and he and Katie kiss, um, it's nice to see him like palling around with. Uh, Jesse and to a lesser extent French although French doesn't seem to really be like and, and Buck as well although like French doesn't seem to be that like into um, into the um, yeah. the the the, the palling around which I don't really understand I know they had like an argument a few episodes ago but I don't really understand why French is so cold with Steve um, maybe it's just because he doesn't like him <laughs> like because he thinks he's going to like drag him down to his level or something um, yeah I don't know if like yeah French is the one in terms of his life French has the most to lose uh, yeah, that's true. And I and I think that he's so therefore he's the most tentative in terms of getting into the group, because um, yeah. he's, he's basically putting his future in jeopardy. Uh, it's, yeah. well, it's that's probably what he thinks anyway. Um, yeah. So yeah, I like that little bonding moment where they're all walking up together. Prairie turns around, asks for some of the protein bar, uh, yeah. or, what, or whatever it is. Um, and yeah, so it's pretty good. Uh, then Steve, um, I've written my notes here. Steve is thriving. He's taken the class. <laughs> Uh, it's almost like Prairie is. It's almost like she needs, in order to feel connected back to the basement where she, where she was with the with the other four, she needs to have a connection with someone who she views in like the Homer role. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. I think it's very telling that Steve gets Homer's movement um, for the purposes of this this scene mm-hmm. here. Um, she definitely sees something of Homer in him. Whether I I feel like maybe it's like the kind of vulner- vulnerability mm-hmm. um, that's sort of hidden beneath a veneer of masculinity although i think in homer's case from what we've seen so far his masculinity is a lot less toxic um the veneer's gone the veneer's gone with homer a little bit for for homer yeah i think that's that's definitely true but i think Mm -hmm. even when even when like they first met and he still had that veneer i don't think it was quite as toxic or self-destructive as steve's where steve's is is a lot more volatile and unpleasant but i still think that there is that vulnerability um to both of them that maybe that maybe she she kind of it allows her to draw that link between them. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yeah. I think you're right. Uh, so Steve's dad had to pay Miles' parents five thousand uh, yeah. dollars, and all all I could think here was, does that mean Steve wouldn't have been taken away to a military school if they had an NHS in America? <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. It's a, it's a it's a good point. Like his dad seems more concerned about the money than um, than the fact that Steve punched a kid in the throat. Yeah. Um, so yeah and 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 it's um it's it's a shame because like this scene um or or the beginning of this scene where steve is like okay let me go and have a shower i'll think about this we'll figure it out shows real growth on his character's part you know like he's trying to like he's seems genuinely remorseful he's trying to figure out a plan he's going to apologize he doesn't want to be like defined by his worst moment or his worst mistake or one of them i guess um and then he just gets like bundled off 
in a van, which I didn't... Is that how people get taken to military school? That seems illegal to me. I don't know that much about military school, but... The, the, um, the way he's taken doesn't seem well. Okay. It's with his parents. It's with his parents. Uh, go go ahead. You know his parents have given the permission. Um, yeah, but you, think... your parents aren't allowed to like say it's all right for you to commit a crime. <laughs> like that's not in their yeah. Mind. Well, yeah, I I agree with you. But there might maybe this maybe the school he's going to because it's military. They might have some sort of juvenile uh, facility status, and therefore yeah. he's being taken in as a prisoner. Technically, I don't know how it would. I don't know how it would be realistic. If I'm well, honest with you, yeah, it seemed it seemed really fucked up that entire situation. To be honest, um, I felt I felt sorry for for Steve, and um, was very into the developing storyline with him and BBA um, mm-hmm. as it as it was kind of ran its course throughout this episode. Yeah, actually, we skipped over a little scene between Prairie and BBA, and that was the yeah. scene. That was the scene where. Uh, BBA was talking about the check from her her brother, fifty thousand yeah. dollars. She doesn't want to cash it. She like she knows what she'll spend the money on. She said it's not even the money that she's attached to; it's just the paper, um, which yeah, may, we- which maybe makes what she does later even more. You oh know? yeah, absolutely. It gives a huge amount of weight to what happens later because it's you know she's giving up her last memory of her brother or her last physical mm-hmm. um, connection to her brother in her eyes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we also get a little, a, a nice touching moment between Prairie and uh, BBA, where BBA is asking questions about the other dimension, and uh, you know, are we all going to travel? Because BBA doesn't really want to travel. Um, and Prairie explains that actually it's an invisible river, and like you know, you have to want to jump in. You have to want to go. You have to have yeah. the will. You have to have the will. Yeah, I, I particularly liked. <clears throat> there's a really nice bit. I mean, this in the dialogue in this scene is great between these two characters. But I particularly liked the um, kind of the way that that Prairie describes um, the, the 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 kind of this idea of the future. Basically, saying mm-hmm. what the future is dark, not in a bad way, but like living each day is just like bringing light to it basically but it's almost this idea that it's kind of already there waiting to happen it's already kind of set in stone and you're just Mm -hmm. illuminating something that's already there which i really liked um but yeah it's a lovely scene between these two yeah yeah i thought that was nice as well um and obviously this is the setup we have we've had a lot of uh bba and theo's relationship throughout this season actually uh there's a lot of character development into bba more than i actually remembered before i rewatched for this podcast if i'm honest with you like i always felt uh i always felt um sort of empathetic towards the character of bba but for some reason when i look back on the show even though i have those feelings and have empathy towards her i didn't remember the work that was put in by the show to get me there um yeah but it definitely is there and so we'll get on to what she does later on it's very mm. it's there's parts of it which are really funny and parts of it which are oh, there's, there's a bit coming up which is hilarious yeah <laughs> all right so um so she follows Steve because uh, yeah. he's been taken away by Ashford Army School. Uh, they come to get him, and she follows them. Um, now, before we, oh, actually, yes, she's following them. So before we get to the restaurant scene, actually, we do get a bit of BBA in the car. She rings yeah. up, yeah, she rings up the principal, <laughs> Principal Gilchrist, uh, and she's talking to him, and and like she, she puts just... her foot right in it. She's like, oh fuck, I should have told you any of this <laughs> as soon as she starts yeah. talking. Yeah, exactly. Like, and to be honest with you, like we don't, we don't usually slag off the the actors in this podcast too much. But I think this is the first time I've ever seen this actress, Phyllis Smith. I've ever seen her have to reach uh, and actually put a real dramatic performance in. Because um, yeah. in the office, obviously, she's very subdued. It, you know, we in it in Inside Out, which is the other thing I know her from. It's all voiceover, so I don't really see her doing it. Um, I remember this moment in the car not liking her performance in it to be honest with you. Oh um, really? But but having watched it again this time, I actually fully bought it this time. I actually I just find it really funny to be honest. Like, I I know yeah. maybe I maybe I wasn't supposed to find it funny, but the I line think you were. I've got I think to you... go I'm eating a sandwich. <laughs> that is was funny. Yes. So good. Like that's just <laughs> in in the like kind of the top that's in the top 10 of bad reasons to get out of a phone call <laughs> where you've clearly just admitted to doing something potentially illegal. It's like I yeah. uh, got to go, it's a sandwich. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hang up the phone. I just love when, he, when she's like, uh, this is very irresponsible. And then the principal goes, he broke a kid's throat, Betty. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if that's like the medical term as well. Broke like, his there's no, throat. There's no bone there. Can you break the throat? Like, I don't I think, like... Oh, there are some bones, but they're, they're sort there? of, okay. they're, they're, there's floating bones, you know? 
okay, fine. Maybe you can break someone's throat, but it definitely was a it was a good line from yeah. the principal. But like both of these two, they seem like a match made in heaven. <laughs> the principal and BBA. You broke a kid's throat, Betty. And then at the end, uh, after she says, "I'm eating," it, oh yeah, yeah. And she like she says, um, "That was before. That was before we met at the house." Uh, yeah. <laughs> the principal's like, "What are you? What are you talking about?" And you can just immediately see her be like, "Shit, shit, close the call, close the call." <laughs> yeah, like, gotta go eating a sandwich. Wrong number, bye. Wrong number. Sorry, bye. <laughs> I can't talk on the phone, eat a sandwich, and drive a car. <laughs> Yeah, she's driving at the same time. I actually don't know if that's illegal in America, though. I assume it probably is. Driving? Oh no, she's talking on the Bluetooth, so that's all right. But that's still illegal, right? No, no, no. You're allowed. Are you allowed to talk on Bluetooth? I thought you weren't allowed to talk on the phone at all. Like, no, you. If it's like, cars, literally have it so you can put it through the the stereo system these days. Well, I know that, but I didn't think it was allowed. I thought it would, it would distract you from driving. I thought that it was doesn't a big distract moment. doesn't distract you any more than talking to someone in the passenger seat. We shouldn't be doing that either. You should just be staring straight ahead. Yeah, you should actually have a box around you. Yeah. So no, <laughs> Hortly, a horse blinders. Yeah, one way glass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 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 but you like you are allowed. You are allowed. Uh, right. You know, right. well, cops you, you, drive yeah. around with it with the little speaker in their hand. Check, check, nine or nine. Like they. That is true. Yeah. Well, all right, you win this round, BBA. But I've, I'm, I'm, I'm watching you. All right? Oh yeah, that's another thing. At the end, when he said Betty, she went, "It's BBA." Uh, yeah. which, yeah, this this principal's probably like, "What is going on?" Yeah, yeah like, that, that was like a thirty-second phone call where he just got a lot of information that he doesn't really know what to do with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so the restaurant scene, or well, the first half mm. of the restaurant scene, um, they talk a little. There's a really endearing moment with the family where they talk about uh, Perry's ex-boyfriend. Byron. I want to meet. I want to meet this Byron character. Like pe- pencil mustache, incredibly ugly. Only went uh, went out like with Prairie because she was blind. He sounds like a character. Sounds like a character I want to meet. Yeah, he ordered mushrooms and called them shrooms. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what a legend! What a legend! Uh, Byron. I'm, I'm I'm imagining Christopher Mintz Plus. Yeah, that's a good pull, actually. That, <laughs> that is a really good pull for the actor to play to play Byron. I can't top that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so um, uh, a woman comes up and calls her the Michigan Miracle, and then yeah. goes ahead to say, "Oh my God, can I get a photo with you?" Starts taking a photo. And says, "I can't, bel- I can't imagine what you've been through. Like that you have been beaten and you've been sexually abused, and like basically this stuff that like has obviously just been made up in papers. Like I don't, I don't know in America if they have full on tabloids like we do in the UK, but I know the media in America." A lot of it does make crap up like they do over here too. Um, So obviously these things have been running wild, probably on social media, all these stories of what happened to her. Um, This doesn't, this affects Nancy pretty poorly, to be honest with you. Um, And Nancy, it's there's like a grain inside Nancy that is really resentful of Prairie that she doesn't actually open up to them because she doesn't feel like she can help them or whatever, which is, I think it's a very realistic feeling. Um, But also then it really scares Nancy that people are going to be thinking like that uh towards well, I think I think she's just, she's just bitter that basically everyone else is having to imagine like it seems other people are like kind of having a, almost a good time imagining what happened to Prairie mm-hmm. and that's exactly the same situation that she finds herself in like she's having to imagine because Prairie isn't opening up to her but where these people can kind of get this um like almost uh, like voyeuristic kind of sadistic pleasure from imagining all the traumas that, mm-hmm. that Prairie went through for her is like a very personal and painful experience. Um, I will also say I, I've had my problems with um, the writing in this show from time to time, and this character I was a bit like, come on, like for someone to come up and be like, oh, you know, you're you're an inspiration. I was like, okay, that's fine. Like, come and be your inspiration, and then to be like, can I get a selfie with you? And then start talking, like, literally use the word rape in a conversation with a woman yeah. who is with her family. I was like, this doesn't feel like a believable character at all. This 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 is the worst human being that has ever existed that you've just <laughs> created here. Um, I know she's only only a minor character, so it's a minor quibble, but it kind of took me out of the scene a little bit. I was like, you could have got to Nancy Nancy's reaction here without being as heavy-handed with this character as you have been um because she's just the way what the stuff she does in this scene is just like abhorrent like yeah i think the way that I, obviously again we've we've talked before about like we're not here to say we could do it better we couldn't we couldn't make a show better but but all, all i'll say is a way they could have maybe done it in a more subtle way is have her come up for the selfie <laughs> And then, I'm joking and, on my drink because I've criticised the OA now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's karma. Back. That's the karma that's for karma. you. Yep. Yeah. <coughs> I'm back. Right. 
Okay, so basically what I think they could have done is she comes over for the selfie, and then when she's back at the table later on, they overhear her. Maybe she, the, the, that woman is showing her friends the selfie. <coughs> yeah, you could what, have totally done that. And one of them says, oh, she was raped, you know. Yeah. Like, that, that could have been the way it happened. Yeah, I, I think I think that would have that would have felt a lot more believable than just being like, "Hi, you're an inspiration. Lol, can I get a selfie? It's amazing that you were raped." And it's like, come, okay, that, this is not how you introduce yourself to people, particularly victims of abuse. Yeah, like, and I know there's there actually is a whole discussion in 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 the realm uh, of of sexual abuse and of that. And I'm not. I'm not. I don't I haven't done a lot of reading on it, but I, just just to point people's ears to maybe to eyes to maybe go and have a read about it yourself. And I will do so myself as well. Actually, having talked about this, but apparently there's a huge discussion around whether or not it's even mentally good for a victim of sexual abuse to call them brave and an inspiration, because it implies that you have to go through a terrible thing to be that. Yeah, you know what I mean. So there is a whole conversation around that as well, which uh, I need to do more reading on myself. But it maybe is something that you know, as a community, we can all do together. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or, you know, or, I will, you know, I will say like Nancy's yeah. response was really good though. Like I totally yeah. believe Nancy, and I feel like it's probably the the first bit of really, really like consistent and good acting Nancy the character has had a chance, or the, the actress playing Nancy has had a chance to do in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's not got that much to sink her teeth into, and this was like a essentially a monologue, and she did brilliant brilliantly with it. I thought. Okay. Uh, all right. So before we get back to the other half of uh, the, the dinner, which is we've touched on a little, a little bit, but it's basically we'll come back for the storming out. Okay. Um, so basically, we're we're in the gas station uh, yeah. with Steve. He's allowed one drink, just one, uh, yeah. and he goes in. BBA gets his attention, and is uh, there's a few things obviously that the plan. You know, it's a belt of a plan. Let's just say. I, I, uh, listen, I, the BBA. If she doesn't want to stay as a teacher, she's got a good sideline in kind of like bank heist planning, I think. Because this plan, for something that she came up with on the drive over, you know, probably while she was panicking, it's a pretty good plan. Unfortunately, it does rely upon Steve to be like, oh, this man is abusing me. And Steve's response, just upon hearing the idea that a man might touch his penis, is is to, to say something kind of vaguely homophobic, which is just like, oh God, Steve. Okay. Yeah, nice like, and, and like, yeah, because he, he's um, BBA says, don't say he's t- t- you know touching your dick. It sounds like it's your fantasy. And then Steve's like, <laughs> with a dude. And then yeah. BBA yeah. goes, people are gay, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad someone said it to him. It's like, Steve, it's 2016 or whenever this was made. Right, it's not okay, like, to say that. Um, yeah. And but yeah, he and like as it turns out. Um, it's not. It's well. It, I mean, they both kind of contribute to the plan not going uh, exactly as as they had hoped. Uh, to be yeah. Before honest. we get there, can I just say something? Right, you're Go mentioning on. about the felony of dragging a kid out of his house and putting him in a van. Okay, that, let's 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 take it as root that America lets parents sign off sign that off. Right. Let's take it as root that he's let they're allowed to do that if he's like a juvenile. It's in the Constitution. Beat it's up the, my kid and stick him in a van. Yeah. Exactly. Let's let's take that as root. One thing I'm sure is not uh, legal is public urination. So they are taking a young delinquent child, and then the first thing they do with him is let him commit a crime. Yeah, encourage him to do so. Encourage fact. him to do so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they should. Yeah, they should go to prison for that. Frankly, <laughs> if, if nothing else, the, the litany of evidence is building up against these characters, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, so Steve chickens out. He does, yeah. I, I, I loved as well, this is a total aside, but I noticed uh, that the king of wishful thinking is playing over the PA system um, <laughs> at the gas station, which is the fr- it was a, it's a Go West song from, I think it was in Pretty Woman or something like that. Um, only reason I noticed is because I know the bass player from Go West. <laughs> Like, oh yeah, uh, yeah. So I used to play football with him. So I was like, "Aha! I know this song." Um, but uh, but uh, yeah, but it's also quite a funny um, uh, sort of idea for a song about you know basically someone who's dreaming of something they're never going to achieve. Which in this case turns out to be what BBA and Steve are doing, because <laughs> yeah. neither of them unfortunately have the dramatic chops to pull off the plan that they discussed only yeah, seconds uh-huh. ago. Okay, yeah. But just one more thing before we get there is uh, the, the fella who took uh, and dragged Steve in and let him go get a drink. Uh, you notice that little tiny, like a tiny bit of character building for that. For oh that my god, really that, this, minor is, character. this is like this is one of the best bits of writing I've ever seen in it. I can't even yeah. remember what she says her name is. Yeah, it's, it's a so, fantastic yeah. Bit of character. Building. Yeah, that's a unique name. How do you say that? And he said, 
Mickey. Yeah, it was it was great. I was like, I lo- I I laughed out loud when they deleted that. I was I, I can't believe they gave a line like that to a character who presumably isn't going to be in this show anymore. Yeah, it yeah. was a great line. Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, okay, so that man is molesting that boy. Uh, yeah. The plan the plan starts. It doesn't really come to fruition. Steve just kind of freezes up. Unfortunately, doesn't doesn't kind of buy in. And BBA can't sell it on her own. Um, so, and, and to be fair, like people here, and they're just like, there's there's, a, there's clearly a dude on the forecourt who looks and kind of assesses the situation, dragging like, the young boy. I won't get involved. Yeah. <laughs> like gets back he, in his yeah. car and drives off. He looks up and sees a middle-aged woman who has no reason to be committing a crime, screaming yeah. about a molestation where where a, where a teenage boy is being dragged in handcuffs by a big fella, and she and they're like. I'll this is it. the price of gas. It's going up recently. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah I've got to get so, home. Seinfeld's yeah, um, on. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so um, BBA offers the $50,000. Did you see yeah. this coming? No, not really. I thought she was doing up a gym with that money. As I've as I've said several times before, um, I thought we were getting a, a, a cleaning montage a la like an 80s movie. But here we go. Yeah, so she she off she, it's gone but not forgotten. The money's gone to these fellows. Cashier's check. Good thing they mentioned that because otherwise it would have been pointless giving it to them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, she just gave up fifty grand to save. That's uh, nuts. She's all in. She's all yeah. in on 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 this uh, prairie situation now. Like she's all yeah. in on it. She thinks something's happening. It's almost as if BBA can sense the end of the season coming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. There's like. <laughs> Say what you want about BBA, but when there's a narrative arc, she's absolutely got a sixth sense for it. Like, yeah. I can, <laughs> yeah. you know, I feel like I feel like Prairie's coming to the end of her arc with us guys. I feel like we might be saying goodbye to this character soon. So, you know, let's let you know, let's get our big shots in now because we yeah. might be relegated to secondary characters in the second season. I've just got a feeling. I've just got a feeling. <laughs> yeah. So she's actually, um, she's actually the puppet master. BBA is the puppet master who's like moving the pieces into place for the sec for the end of the season. It's just so yeah. cool. Um, such a fourth wall break, in my opinion. Right. Uh, back to the restaurant. Uh, Nancy basically is yelling at Prairie, saying, "I don't know what was going on. We don't even know. Were you inside? Were you outside? What was it light? Was it dark? What was going on?" Yeah, I think this is where she gets a good monologue. Actually, I thought it was yeah. in the previous scene, but it, yeah, it's in this one where she gets to really kind of cut loose. Yeah, and then uh, the OA says. Um, you know, basically just says, uh, I'm called the OA, I'm the original angel, we're going to do movements which will send to another dimension, point, point for and then, there. slap. Yeah, so yeah, first off, point for comrade, original angel, you heard it here first. I said from the first episode it was going to be original something, and then from like the third episode I said it was going to be original angel, and here we are. Um, still don't really understand the significance of that. I feel like they kind of drop that phrase and then leave you to kind of stew in it as like what what does that mean like the you were the first angel I don't know but um all right let me say something which uh is what I thought at the time and I'm not going to tell you whether whether I've changed my feeling because we know that obviously the show was cancelled so yeah what I say here might not is obviously not going to be really confirmed but at the time when I heard when I very the very first time I thought of the the name original angel and I heard original angel right I thought to myself, well, original angel? Is that God? You know? Yeah, well, that, I mean, that was my thought as well. Like, I've got one of my theories from a few episodes back is that I thought it's kind of a lighthearted one, but I do did, I did, did kind of think there might be something to it. Um, I thought this show was going to go in like a preacher direction where it's like, oh shit, God's missing and we're trying to keep it secret that God's missing. Um, and, and maybe that's Prairie who is supposed to occupy a position. Um, that she's forgotten about because she has amnesia or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where my head is at the moment as well. Still, um, I'll be really interested to see how that's developed. Whether it is literally original angel or whether it's just angel in the sense of there are certain people who can be given these movements through NDEs and they are angels in you know a much broader, less kind of prescriptive religious sense. But I'll be interested to see where that goes. Um, but yeah, there also there also there also is there also is the conversation to be had around the term OA as well because Prairie was told that from Katoon that they're angels, right? Yeah, and that the wing was shown, and then Prairie heard within like the the, the one of the NDEs OA. It sounds like away. It sounds like away, and eventually she settled on OA, right? 
We've never actually seen her be told, you are the original angel. So there is no. a question in there. Is that just Prairie's, Prairie putting those connections together herself? Yeah, that's um, a good point, actually. You know what I mean? Yeah, that is a good point. Maybe she's kind of connecting the dots and is potentially wrong, or you know, she's just rationalizing these kind of abstract experiences into something that makes sense to her. That that is a that's an interesting idea. Yeah, because even like in my mind, because I, re- I I'm watching the first season here again, and I don't remember the point in which any character said to the OA, "It is OA." Like she was thinking, it sounds like away, away, you know. So. <laughs> I'm not going to say what happens in the second season, but at this stage, I'm definitely thinking in terms of where I was at the time. Is that actually what it is, or is it just that that's what she's concluded? You know what I mean? So, yeah, well, it could be either. We'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Could be either. So, uh, slapped by Nancy, and then uh, away, away they go uh, out of the restaurant. Uh, French comes and says, "Oh, wait, you need a lift." Uh, Take yep. gets her in the car. Um, Okay, so I know we've got a question coming up. I, I can't remember who, who it's from, so thank you for asking the question. We're not in the questions stage at the minute because it's not up, but I said I said that if we touch upon it in the episode, I'm not going to ask the question, so I am going to sort of touch on it here because I wanted to. What okay. do you think about Nancy slapping uh, Prairie? Do you think that's realistic? Um, I think it didn't strike me as unrealistic at the time. Um, I, th- I think if I... Yeah. I think I think her reaction is believable because, and, and it's believable for both of them as well because it's it, it's clear why Prairie didn't tell her because she's clearly not ready to deal with it. Um, I think I think to me, if I, if I if I kind of break down why it worked for me, I think it's because the way Prairie says it or the way OA says it, it's almost like this kind of. It's not stream of consciousness, but it almost sounds like she's fucking talking in tongues. You know, she just says it's this and it's this and it's this and it's this mm-hmm. and it's this, like really matter of factly, but one thing after another. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a combination of Nancy not being able to deal with it, and it's just like culmination of like freaking out about the revelation she's getting, and also the fact that she probably just doesn't believe that Prairie's telling the truth. She might think Prairie is either lying to her or maybe making fun of her. Um, which doesn't make sense in the cold light of day, but you're not thinking rationally when you suffer this kind of emotional trauma, I think. So for, for me, it did work, um, mm-hmm. albeit, you know, it's an, it's an extreme reaction, um, but it didn't, it didn't sort of, it didn't strike me at the time as, as being unwarranted or an, an unrealistic depiction of her character. Yeah, okay, I think I'd probably agree. I don't think I, th- I thought when it happened, like, what the hell, that you would never do that. Obviously... Yeah. I felt sorry for Prairie in that moment because she has just actually opened up, got slapped by her <laughs> yeah, yeah, adopted she tried mother. To tell the truth. You know, so I, I felt more empathy for Prairie rather than questioning the real, realistic nature of it. Um, mm. All right, so French and Prairie in the car. French has a huge monologue here, um, huge monologue. It just sort of really sort of talking about the the story. I I, I think it's it's kind of this scene serves two purposes. One is for Prairie to maybe start feeling a little bit more empathy towards Abel and Nancy and realizing actually they did rescue her in a way and they did have treated her well. But at the other other time, it's sort of a wink and a nod to the audience being like, look at everything we've been through. Next episode, shit's going to go down. Like, this is what this is how far we come and this is what we're doing next time. Yeah, and I think, like, really the thing, I, it was a bit of an info dump, this, this kind of... Um, um, it's really a monologue like there is some back and forth in it but it's yeah. essentially French getting a monologue bit of an info dump it's quite hard to kind of process it all in one go the, the thing I really took from it was um, this idea like maybe Crestwood is your missing piece um, mm. I don't know how literally to take that um, because it seems unlikely that you know this small town where that Prairie has returned to is going to be significant to getting the fifth movement but mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I, I'm, I'm. I'm still umming and ahhing on that one. Okay, so as far as you're aware, like because oh, we've only we, we well, we know Renata got the fourth. Remember, well, Renata Renata's had the fourth, didn't she? Yeah. So yeah. So we don't actually know if she has the fifth or or or, or where it came from or anything like that yet. So yeah. All right. So next uh, thing that comes up is uh, Steve stabs Prairie. <laughs> yep. Back to his old habits. Classic Steve. 
you can take a you, you can take a, the boy out of the parkour roof club, but you can't take the parkour roof club out of the boy. Um, the um the, so there's a couple of things here which I thought was interesting. It's nice to, to get this kind of return to something that Riz Ahmed's character said earlier, like why he was talking. Uh, we didn't actually mention it earlier, but he he talks to Perry briefly about why we enjoy hugs, and and he's talking about the sort of phys- putting a physical limit on pain. They sort of mm-hmm. you know contain it within this this emotional this physical gesture, and then we see a return to that here where Prairie just unquestionably just hugs Steve when he's clearly in the midst of going through what is essentially a breakdown um (laughs) the the line that Steve says I shouldn't laugh at this because like it's not that funny in the context of the scene but the idea that Steve's mind goes to oh you saw some guy doing fucking flips and thought oh this is the guy and then just stabs (laughs) her in the leg it's like you are a moron Steve (laughs) (laughs) but um yep stabs her in the leg with a pencil and and Prairie God bless her. She takes it like an absolute champ. She does. And like those parts of shows as well as real life are really ironic in a way because what's he doing? Like he's saying, you took me for a fool. Uh, so let me just prove to you how, that you were right. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. it's really strange. Uh, also, we'll uh, say he did make a little bit of a good point when he's sort of saying that we're just slave labor to you. Now it's sort of, it does put across an idea that you know, he doesn't. F- at that moment, he didn't feel like they were genuinely connecting. Like she, he's feeling already sorry that she's going to leave, I suppose. Um, but, but he's kind of right in that she is just using them, like you know, for what she um, needs. She, she is. But I think Steve is missing. <clears throat> excuse me. I think Steve is missing the fact that she has clearly selected these people specifically and has given something back to them through this process. Yeah. Um, I think to me that idea is supposed to sort of draw parallels between Prairie and Hap, where Hap also selects the people that he experiments on yeah. um, and and fools himself into thinking that it's a it's a two-way street and that they are also getting something from the experience, but they are demonstrably not. Whereas Prairie, in this case, like e- each one of these characters' lives maybe maybe less so for Jesse and Buck at the moment because we haven't seen too much of them but I think BBA and Steve and probably French as well you could make the argument that their lives have been improved by this social experience that they are sharing as a group and actually Buck's has as well because we didn't mention I'm really annoyed at myself but we didn't mention this in the last episode but I, I noticed a moment with Buck at the beginning of the episode, remember when he was mouthing along to the song, right? Yeah. I, a, mo- a moment which neither of us, I'm sure we both picked up on it, but we didn't mention it in the podcast, is that whenever his parents are arguing about, uh, you know, whether he goes by he or her, um, he actually goes and starts dancing in the mirror. We mentioned that with the doing the movement, sorry. Yeah. But the thing is, his mirror was covered up. So by being a member of this group and sort of coming out of his shell a little bit, he's able to reveal his merit in his room again and actually look at himself. Yeah, that is a good point. We didn't we didn't mention that. And that is, you know, that's an enormous development for him and, and, and you know, for how he views himself. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's I guess it's just Jesse, really, that we haven't seen much of. But I guess uh, maybe with Jesse, it's, it's almost... We've seen what Jesse has at home and it's mm. his older sister and weed. Um, so he doesn't have that much... Like, I wouldn't say his home life is awful... But, you know, he doesn't have that much going on in his home life. So just maybe having something to give him purpose and and a way of getting out of that situation is the positive impact for him. Possibly. Also, you have to think of it like this as well. If we are going to use your comparison there with Prairie and Hap and, and their groups of people. So, you know, Prairie has these five, Hap had his five, which Prairie was a part of. Um, if you think about that, out of the five in Hap's basement... Four of them got a movement. Rachel didn't. Yeah. Out of the five in Prairie's group, four of them seem to have improved their life in some way or, you know, found themselves internally or, you know, something has changed. One of them hasn't. Yeah, know? that's a good comparison, actually. That's. I wonder what the significance of that is. <clears throat> yeah, it's interesting. Okay, so um, at the very end, uh, just before the story continues... Uh, Steve says, how did you survive so long down there? And Prairie says, I survived because I wasn't alone. Yeah. She then puts on a silver jacket. Yeah, I feel like this jacket is like designed to make her look ethereal at this point. Like the way it's illuminated, it's just like, look at her. She's like a being of cosmic light. 
Yeah, and she says, today I will finish telling my story. And she's looking like straight at the camera uh, yeah. as well. Um, are you ready? Um, are you ready, Conrad? I am ready. For the break, uh, for the for the roundup. <laughs> yes, let's do it. I was I almost started singing the Degeneration X theme song then, and I was like, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Degeneration X. <laughs> IMDb rating, 8.1. Um, it's a little lower than last week. What do I think? It's hard to rate this one, really, because there's a lot of setup in this episode without too much going on beyond the... It's the, it's the stereotypical second-last episode of the season. I don't think I'd go as high as an 8 for this episode. It's still, still good, you know. I, I, I was still a decent episode and wasn't bad by any means. But I'd probably put this in the high 7s for me. Okay. Um, a, a lot of moving the pieces around um, and kind of setting things up for what I assume is going to be a, a, a barn burner of an episode next week. Yeah, okay. Um, so before we get your overall thoughts or you talk about the theories, um, <laughs> the cop isn't dead <laughs> he he's not dead but i will refer you back to comrade's theory matrix where the official verbiage used to describe <laughs> to, to, to note this theory was that cop is getting killed by hap oh you didn't put it you didn't actually put the episode in this time no i didn't put it i've, I've been burned by it before oh, and oh, on oh, reflection oh. i was like you know what fool me once shame on <laughs> Me, hold on. I'm trying to get to the George W. Bush joke here, and I can't remember. Which yeah, one you're trying it is. to do the do it wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to do but it. You're wrong. accidentally doing it right. <laughs> yeah, you in know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, won't get fooled uh, again. <laughs> fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, you can't fool me twice. You know, so, <laughs> yeah, there's something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, uh, yeah, it's 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 um interesting that you did that because I, I was thinking while I was watching this there's, there's a lot of now I'm not going to go into dark spoilers because some people have watched Dark who are watching our stuff but in season 2 episode 6 and you predicted someone was going to die in that episode and then it didn't happen because that episode was sort of in a, it was like sort of a flashback episode. Well, I mean, so let's let, let's let's be honest here. I, I predicted it was going to happen because because <laughs> someone I considered a, considered a friend said to me outside of the podcast, "You should put this theory in the matrix," and then like a dagger in the back, and they weren't even in the next fucking episode. So I've been I've been burned by this before, and I was like, no, you know what? I'm not fo- I'm not being fooled again. Almost almost got him again. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, I think that I was hundred percent trying to get you to do that again. But. Um, <laughs> yeah. Basically, no, I only lost my BBA spending spree montage in this episode. Don't make me yeah, lose yeah. my cop getting killed by Hap uh, theory as well. <laughs> so this episode, um, this episode uh, is kind of like that one from Dark Season Two, in that in, it's not a flashback episode, but it's kind of a change because every other episode has been a flashback episode. Yeah, and this episode wasn't. Uh, so they're sort of. It is very much like you know, always keep them wanting more. We spent this whole episode really wanting to see what happens next in the Hap storyline. Yeah, we didn't see it. And don't it really see, don't see a up. single bit of it, and, and like they know that's what we want. So next episode, I'm presuming is going to have a fair bit of that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, uh, so what was the? You said there was one new theory. What was it? Just that I think that dream that or premonition, I guess, if you want to call it that, that, that Prairie is having is coming to fruition in the next episode. I guess there's another one, which is that I was starting to think about this towards the end of uh, because we're getting towards the end of the season, or we are we are literally at the end of the season now almost. I I think I think that Prairie is going to travel to use the dark terminology at the end of this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I And I think the boys are probably going to become like a bit more of a secondary... St- the boys and BBA are going to become a bit more of a secondary storyline. I don't think they're going with her. Um, I, because I still think there's got to be... that uh, Prairie has been secure for like a full season now. So I, th- I think they're going to put... The, the show is going to put her into a situation where she's potentially in danger again and the boys in BBA are going to have to try and get back to her to help her and I think the way of doing that with only one episode left is for her to travel or or, or f- somehow get the fifth movement which enables her to travel next episode so that's that's kind of what I think is probably going to happen okay interesting uh, out of curiosity I haven't really really asked you this yet um, if it if it does come to pass, and people travel in this show to other dimensions. Do you want to make a soft prediction 
of what it will look like. Will it be a portal sliders style? Uh, will it be a dark, a dark time machine? Like what, what, what will it be? Um, Jerry O'Connell. Yeah. Jerry O'Connell. That's it. Yeah. Slider style. Um, Jerry O'Connell is the old prairie. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, um, the, oh fuck. What's it? What's the guy from quantum leap called? Scott Bakula. Jerry O'Connell is the old (laughs) Scott Bakula. Um, Scott um, Bakula in, in that, in that episode of, uh, it's always sunny sunny is one of my funniest, (laughs) the funniest things ever. It's a very, very meta joke in that episode. Cause it's like Scott Bakula, but he is aware of quantum leap being a real thing. Um, (laughs) so it's like, yeah. Ziggy, I, I, can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, it's so good. It's a good episode. That entire episode is great. Um, so they talked about it being like, like an invisible current. So I think it's going to look like um, maybe like a stream of, I don't know, light or something. And they'll step into it and kind of like dissolve into it or something like that. That's that's maybe how I could imagine it, it, it looking. So you, you think... Also, okay, so if you go to another dimension, you go body and mind, and then you can actually run into yourself in another dimension? Is that sort of what you're thinking? Don't have to commit any of this to theory, because I, but I'm just trying to get weed your thoughts out before. I, I, I don't think there are alt versions of yourself. I think they, they've talked about this kind of alternate dimension stuff as them all being kind of like sandwiched on top of each other. So I think yeah. by removing yourself from one, you're placing yourself in the other, um, and you kind okay. of exist in all of them at the same time, but as the same person, I guess. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if we're going to get into the alt the alt person stuff although i'd love it okay. if, I, if that turned out to be wrong okay uh awesome uh all right so uh i think there's only one more thing to do and that's to get it to a couple of questions let's do it a stranger from the outside um okay first question comes from donny uh donny starts i don't actually think this is a question but i'm gonna read it anyway um right okay so i was able to pick up on a few more of steve's favorite foods Human meat, fight milk. Oh, fight milk, yeah. Unless you fight like a crow. <laughs> yeah. Beak, uh, jelly Beak. beans. <laughs> um, yeah, all, all of the above. Beak. Beak Je- good... Je- jelly beans, preferably raw. Grilled Charlie, and of course, cat shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have we seen Steve successfully read? That's the question, because he may well be illiterate as well. Like the 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 Charlie um the Charlie comparisons are bang on as far as I'm concerned for Steve and and also uh, he's got a bit of the Mac in him as well the, uh, like the sort of country Mac episode yes. it's always sunny comes to mind with him in this episode particularly talking about all his cool parkour and stunts and shit <laughs> that's very much that's very much Mac's fit, uh, area of expertise but Charlie's into it as well yeah um and Donnie says I'll be on the lookout for for more Easter eggs don't forget to pay the troll toll thanks Donnie. Yeah, thank you. Uh, all right, so um, MH, BB helping Steve in this episode is one of my favorite moments of the series. Also, MH says no longer a Conrad. I think MH actually went and binge. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. So everyone's an Anthony eventually. We've already we've always said that. Honestly, you know? a year of little faith. You couldn't like you got to hold firm and just wait for the show to come to you. Um, I, I think yeah, I, I really enjoyed to, to actually talk about MH's point. Um, I, I really enjoyed the BBA. Um, I, I just called her BB8 then. I think, but you know, she's she's similar. Well, we've to talked BBA about that before. Ways. Yeah. Um, she's she's similar. Um, she's a. <laughs> I was similar, say she's, yeah, yeah. she's similar to BB-8 in many ways. Go into a serious point comparing her to a droid from Star Wars. Yeah, like my, my my tone of voice. See the problem. What what just happened there, listener? Was I was I was my brain was stuck in though. She's similar to BB-8, but I was trying to make a serious point about what MH had just said, and unfortunately, the tone of voice just was all wrong there. Anyway, <laughs> I was expecting BBA to kind of grab him and peel out in a car i wasn't expecting like the sort of amateur dramatics yeah. thing we got um but it, it was a great um a moment for both of those characters and and it's it's the culmination of the kind of growing uh relationship we've seen from them over this entire season so yeah i agree i really liked it yeah uh also mh has asked another question says the only question i have on pl- how on planet earth did steve's dad let him be kidnapped and beaten by these military school thugs and how is that even legal yeah well, i'm just gonna answer it very question. quickly and then i'll then i'll let conrad actually give a real answer my question is my, my answer to that is how did steve's dad let it happen he asked them to come you know yeah, he phoned him he had he had him on speed dial he was like you you screw up one more time and i'm calling the 
guys in the van to come and kick your ass and take you to military school um i don't know how that's legal i don't know whether that's a real thing or not i guess as anthony has said maybe it's like a a kind of young offenders or juvenile institution where there's a, a blind eye turns to kind of horrific abuses but that is really bad if they can just be like yep same day that dad makes the call in anger same day we'll turn up beat the shit out of your son and you'll never see him again all part <laughs> yeah. of the service sir <laughs> yeah no problem no problem uh all right vivian J asks hello anthony and conrad thank you for the amazing content no problem you're welcome uh I, i'm i'm an anthony I have two questions for Conrad, which I do hope uh, do not sound like spoilers. Okay, well, we'll take your we'll take uh, your your word for it that they're not spoilers. Um, what I think I think they're spoilers if you didn't pick up on these points yourself, but I think you did. Okay. Okay. So, what did you think uh, happened to the note Prairie left for her father? I think Nancy read it and hid it from him. Okay. So I I yeah. I, th- I think Nancy didn't didn't show it to him. I wonder if there's going to be a love relationship dynamic there, actually, when I think about it, because if it was directed at Hap, uh, directed at, um, that's a Freudian slip, directed at, um, at Abel um, rather than Abel and Nancy or Nancy, um, or maybe it, it was um, just more focused on, on one than the other, maybe that made her feel really bitter and she you know, hit it because she was jealous that that would be a really interesting relationship dynamic to introduce for those two because they seem obviously they're still kind of processing the pain of losing Prairie and then her coming back but there's not a lot left in the, the arc or in, in, the, in the narrative tank for those two characters and that would be a really really interesting wrinkle to throw in so yeah I'll be interested to see what happens with that Yep, uh, and last, a second question from Vivian J says, during the OA's visit to the FBI, she spoke about her dreams being premonitions. Are these dreams always about tragedy, or do you think some of them could be happy events too? Um, I think they'd have to be incredible. I don't think they're necessarily about being good or bad so much as they are about extreme experiences. Um, so everything that uh, we I don't, I don't think we've really seen prairie uh, experience anything that amounts to like a really really like overwhelmingly positive experience that would you know on on the drowning in a car kind of level uh on, on the the positive side of the spectrum so maybe maybe they could be positive but she just hasn't had any experiences that warranted it yet yeah okay uh and last question from handsome head injury why did Steve focus his anger, frustration, and violence on OA for something she had nothing to do with? That made no sense to me. I think it's just close by and he wanted to lash out. I, I don't think it was... I think he was... In, in that moment, he was angry with the OA because the, the OA was there. And, mm-hmm. um, he, you know, she's an easy target for his aggression. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's basically the same thing he did when he punched that kid in the throat. You know, that that kid had literally i don't think it ever even spoken to him but his girlfriend said that she was kind of seeing him or the, the girl that he was sleeping with said that she was kind of seeing this guy and that made him feel emasculated and angry so he went and punched the kid in the throat um it's not a projection it's a projection of his own insecurities and emotion rather than a reflection of how he actually feels about that person and i think the same thing is true for the oa here like he doesn't I don't think he processed it into being like, oh, she deserves to be stabbed in the leg for something she's done. He, he's just, you know, I am angry. I'm going to lash out. And she got a pencil in the leg for, her, for for being nearby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, I, to be honest with you, when you are angry for some reason or you've got something that's frustrating you deeply to the core and then you also, like, he has got a little issue with OA in terms of she's going to leave and he yeah. sees she's going to leave and he's feeling those feelings. It's 100% understandable it happens all the time people take the anger from over here and they put it in the direction of the small frustration yeah absolutely. and and it just and, and it's that's what conrad said it's lashing out so um i think i to be honest with you i think it's very believable as a te- yeah. as a teacher of teenage boys <laughs> yeah it is very believable <laughs> yeah and I, I think i think maybe the mistake that not to say you're making a mistake here but like trying to rationalize fundamentally irrational behavior is you're you're on a hiding to nothing there like you just like i think it's believable because what steve's doing is irrational uh to me mm-hmm. yeah and, and and like we've all been i think everyone has acted irrationally some people more more than others but i've never def- acted irrationally in my life yeah 
That's what an irrational person would say. <laughs> uh, that's your state of being, Connor. Yeah. Irrational. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just flip between different different insecurities on a yeah. minute by minute basis. Exactly. Right, guys. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Culture Cave. Thank you very much for joining us on this OA journey. I do want to say we're starting to now think about because we've remember we've only got one season of the OA left, one episode of this season left. And the seasons are only eight episodes long, so we're eight episodes away now from nine episodes, but you know what I mean. Away from the end of the OA. Now, after the OA, we're going to do a three-episode special of taking my friend Emmett through uh, that that uh, podcast uh, through through dark for one season at a time, which should be fun. We'll see. It's something different. We've never done a whole season at a go before. Mm-hmm. Um, once we've done that, uh, we are open to suggestions. At the the current idea at the minute is to do Westworld. Um, because I think Westworld is such a huge show that a lot of people yeah. will have access to watch it as well. Um, if you have another show which you'd like to recommend to us, now's the time to start doing that. We also have a lot of recommendations from before. Uh, the, the only thing is it needs to be fairly short. We're talking like 30 episodes max uh, for the whole thing. If it's if the show's not finished yet, we maybe will do it and then ca- cover the new season when it comes out as well. Um, but also... It needs to be that much max, but also it needs to be able to be accessed easily. Like, we don't want a show that's on a TV in America, but not on any streaming service internationally. People have to be able to follow along with it if they don't want to. Don't make us commit crimes to watch these shows, guys. Yeah, exactly. Like, we don't want to be... We don't want to be... Uh, putting something on the internet which makes people have to go to strange websites which will infect their computers with viruses but anyway anyway uh thanks very much for watching this week guys hope you've enjoyed uh the video please put a like on it if you have there's links in the description to the discord join us for the conversations as well as uh uh the t-shirt which i'm wearing you can't see uh it's also a link down in the description below uh i think that's pretty much all conrad unless there's something you want to add uh tune in next week for more weird hat ear stuff Hopefully we, we didn't see Hap's we didn't see Hap's uh, fingers, ears, or saliva this episode. No. We are missing out on Sorely that. Hopefully, we, hopefully it comes back next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. The After Dark Podcast has been a Culture Cave production. Please subscribe on audio apps as well as on YouTube at the Culture Cave. Join us next week as Conrad journeys further into the unknown.